minutes past seven. Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Owen Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clonmel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See realestatealliance.ie. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to hear from you. Our text number is open to you now. It's 083 311 Football takes centre stage on tonight's Extra Time programme as we reflect on Clamwell Commercial's win over Newcastle West in the Munster Senior Club Championship and indeed Grange Mokler's exit from the intermediate equivalent of that and Sean Tracy's as well um, in the course of tonight's show. We'll also have lots of rugby to talk about uh, with the three Tipperary sides in action in the AIL. We've local soccer uh, with Barry Ryan before we go off air. Let us know your thoughts 083-311-3311 but let's start with events in Semple Stadium yesterday because Clamwell Commercials overcame the hoodoo of last year after defeat to Newcastle West, the same opposition in the Munster semi-final S- similar but it was a quarter-final this time, same opposition, and on this occasion, Clamwell Commercials eased to a seven-point victory. Tommy Morrissey, their manager, spoke to Paul Carroll at the full-time whistle. Well, he definitely spoke to him at the full-time whistle, but uh, let's see if we can hear from Tommy now. Yeah, satisfaction, Paul. Um, obviously, we started well, and then we went, what, 25 minutes, I think, without taking another score, which was, which was a little bit frustrating. Um, I thought we came back you know too much into ourselves um, during that period but again you know Newcastle obviously you know forced us into that a bit but overall satisfaction is the main thing the objective of a quarter final is to win it and we've done that so we're delighted yeah you meant that you got off to the perfect start with that Shawnee O'Connor goal really nice play um, but then as you mentioned it kind of was a frustrating rest of that first half yourself and your management team were out in the field for about five or six minutes before going in at half time just what were you saying to each other you probably didn't like what you were seeing and what did you then go in and say to the lads yeah no we weren't we weren't happy with, with the performance in the first half and, and it was really just back to decision making um, we were just trying to force things too much and, and we knew that wasn't what we had planned to do because um, we knew Newcastle were going to set up strong defensively with their with their two banks of four and that's the way it played out and then we all of a sudden tried to run through it when that was never going to be on so you know we just told we just made a couple of changes position wise and just told the guys to just be a bit more patient on the ball and to, the openings will come like and I think that kind of came through in the second half we created a lot more scoring chances we'd, we'd only I think it was five or six scoring chances in the first half we converted but it was three or four out of that but um, you know it, it, overall you're much much happier with how we reacted in the second half Paul that's what I was looking for and we got that yeah and I suppose you had the three weeks to prepare for this game um would that have come into account in terms of you know getting back up to the to the level of a of a championship match? Maybe might have explained the kind of the first half in terms of the the pace of the play was way slower. Whereas the second half, you really kind of sped up your your speed of thought and speed of play. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't think so. To be honest, that that just becomes an excuse. Mm. Um, you know, we had three weeks and Newcastle West. You know, on the flip side, only had a week this time last week. They lifted their county title, so you know, I'd rather the three weeks and we utilised that period um, where we got to work on things and we got to um, go and see Newcastle West so I, I wouldn't use this as an excuse Paul I just genuinely think we started slow we started well then went into a period of, of just impatience I'll call it on the field making the wrong decisions but again you know over the hour 
we were a better side I felt and, and you know the second half proved that Yeah and Jack Kendy back for you today he was influential throughout and got that lovely ball in Sean O'Connor for the first goal um, seemed to be able to uh, he took him off towards the end but he seemed to be back to near full fitness anyway and the other one was, was Ross Peters looked uh, to be hobbling coming off there so it's, it's early yet but uh, just in terms of the two lads yeah, no, Jack, you're right, it was great. The benefit, the benefit of that is we've after getting 60 minutes into him there, which he's done very little in the last three weeks. Um, like the Wednesday night before the county final, he trained, and that's when the injury was picked up. And since that, he's done nothing. Um, we did a bit of work on him there in the last 48 hours, but prior to that, he's had no ball work. So an hour of football into him is brilliant. And as you said, he was very influential in the game. As we know, Jack can be, and hence why we gave him every chance to get onto the field. He, he's too good a player to, to have beside you on the sideline. And then Ross picked up a bit of a bang. It's more of a dead leg pole than anything. So confident enough over the next 48 hours that'll recover. Um, but yeah, Ross tends to go through the wars anyway. So he's usually carrying some bit of bandaging. But, um, and he's obviously a key player to us as well. So looks as if at the minute as I'm talking to you now as if there's no fresh injuries coming out of it and, and hopefully it stays that way over the next couple of hours when we, when we really see bodies rest Can I ask you about Rory O'Dowd as well one of the younger players on this panel he had a really good game in the county final he's had a really good game here he's always very influential in the game just a, a word on how he's progressing as a, as a younger player in the squad Yeah he's been, been a brilliant player in particular as you said the last two games one thing about Rory is he's extremely economical with the ball I'd say and just looking at it now when it's fresh in the mind I'd have him obviously when we get to watch it back I don't think he give the ball away once and that probably sums Rory up he's he's extremely clever in possession and he's actually extremely strong for a small man as well He um, he's very strong in the tackle and he's very strong hard to dispossess and like Newcastle West are as strong a team as you come up against physically and he going to do a couple of challenges there and he came out um, with the ball still at hand so you know, he's an exceptional player I've no doubt the new Tipperary management team will be will be looking at Rory because um, in my opinion he's at that standard um, and He's, he's proven it on, on days like today and just finally for me uh, it's Dingle up next I'm not sure if you've got to see much of them um, yet but first question is will that game be here and second question is just a, a word on Dingle what you've seen from him or, or what you're expecting from him uh, yeah, no, I have, I've, obviously I just watched, watching football during the summer, I've seen them um, on Clubber, but outside of that, um, haven't paid too much attention to them. Um, obviously, a lot of household names involved and, and, and you know, from the stronghold of Kerry, so it goes without saying, they'll, they'll come into the most semi-final as, as raging hot favourites, but it's an occasion where, where we're at home venue-wise, not going to commit to yet, like we'll, we'll have the decision, we'll have a look at Clonmel again, um, and possibly, you know, we've this hopefully as an option as well, but we will consider both, um, but it's isn't it great, great to look forward to, you know, as a Tipperary team playing Kerry team in, in a Munster semi-final? Yeah, Clamell Commercials advancing to the semi-final of the Munster Senior Football Club Championship on the basis of a 2-7 to 6-point victory over Newcastle West in the stadium yesterday. Martin Quillivan's on the line. Good evening to you, Martin. Evening, Ronan. Did you find it a frustrating watch at times? Yeah, but modern football tends to be, doesn't it? You know, particularly, you know, I mean, commercials have played Newcastle West, what, three times now in the last seven years? And they don't change their style. It's, it's very, very effective. It's the Limerick County style as well, where they're, they're really strong. They sit deep. They try and pick your pockets, and then they hit you on the break. And, uh, you know, they've had great success in Newcastle West, where was in three points, have been Munster Club champions last year, remember? Um, so it's difficult. You have to be patient. I heard Anthony Jelly on Friday night on the radio, and he was saying that it wouldn't be a great, Open, open game because you know that's the style that Newcastle West play 
uh, and then you have to adapt and you have to be patient. And uh, but it's 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 certainly not a spectacle that spectators are enjoying, and that's pretty much been a common refrain up and down the country. Yeah, I mean, uh, the opening four minutes were very impressive from a commercial's point of view, particularly Sean O'Connor's goal. And when you have that kind of defensive structure that Newcastle West employed and they are strong and there was a lot of turnover ball but you bypass it by kicking the ball into Sean he did what he had to do puts the ball in the back of the net but we didn't see much more of that. we didn't see any more of that in the first half and don't yeah, show us how much we Jack Kennedy, he almost had the ball kicked as quick as he got it. Um, and if you, if if when you get possession, if you're under the slightest bit of pressure, or you delay, or you take a misstep, or you just don't look up quick enough, uh, good teams have the, have the space in front of the full forward line uh, closed up, um, and the pass isn't on, and then you do have to go lateral or left or right. So the very first touch is so critical, and you know Jack Kennedy's got a really good first touch and did on that occasion. And then like his brother Coleman, they're able to zip this ball in, kind of that doesn't lose any any velocity in, in, in height, shall we say. And that's where they derived into Sean and Sean did the rest. But, yeah, I mean, you know, that would obviously be a game plan any team would like to employ. But when it's, as I said, when, when the opposition kind of closed the space in front of the full forward line, that pass simply isn't on. And then you do go over and back and you're trying to, you know, create a, a soft shoulder, as they call it, where, where some defender is just out of position and you're able to get by that first line of defence between the 45 and 65 and then try and exploit it. Um, you know, it's it's difficult. But listen, the All-Ireland final last year between Dublin and Kerry had elements of that. You know what I mean? So that's just the way modern football is done. No, no, it's, it's not a criticism. It was more a, a, a conversation about the style that was able to unlock that defence. But I think you've answered quite well as to why Newcastle it's, 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 West adapted it's funny, to it. It's, yeah, and it's funny. And imagine the Newcastle West management went home because if you look at Peter McGarry's goal, yeah. which is a great goal, by the way, right? And, and, and that credit credit to him. That comes from a turnover when Newcastle West are shooting great lockdown by Seamus Kennedy. Two passes later, Peter McGarry picks the ball up in his own half. But he's able to race into space because Newcastle West have committed men forward in line with the attack. They're out of position. And you see that what a good team like commercials will do to you in that scenario. So like if you're if you're a Newcastle West manager, you're you're not actually asking too many players to push forward because of the danger of being hit on the break as Peter McCarry exploited with the second goal. So um yeah, it look at the end of the day, Ronan, you know, there, there was a lot of pressure probably on commercials going into it because to lose twice two years in a row to Newcastle West in Thurless. Uh, would have been, you know, a significant setback for this group as they kind of grow, and um, you know, so they carried that pressure in. It was a game they had to win. If you go up and down the country, the seven-point win in Margin was among some of the big, the biggest in the country. You know, a lot of tight games. You're playing county champion against county champion, and you never really know the standard of where they're at. And then you add in the fact that Newcastle West were missing their two best players, uh, Ian Corbett, who, who had a hamstring injury um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the county final the previous week. Nikkei Chien, who terrorised commercials last year, who's out in Australia uh, at the moment. So, you know, all 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 considered, like, commercials carried a lot of pressure probably on their shoulders into that game, and that then makes it tight as well. But look, in fairness to them, I think they recognised that at half time. They went in two points up. They were enough first half, as you said, after the first five minutes. But there you started at half time, you know, put on, you know, made a couple of position switches, pushed up on the kick out, and uh, you know, we're, we're we're pretty much the dominant team in the second half. And by Peter McGarry's goal kind of clinched the deal, they were never really in danger, I think, of, I, of being I, right back. I never got a sense that Newcastle West were going to score a goal, which I thought they would have needed mm. to get back into the team. They were a bit profligate with the wides. If uh, Tommy Morrissey and his team look back and do the analysis on it, some of the turnovers that occurred in the first half 
half were something that you could possibly look to improve upon because whilst Newcastle West were set up well defensively and they were strong men, you'd want to hold on to the ball a bit better than that. Well, you would, or you wouldn't want to be the guy solo when it gets isolated, you know. And, and Newcastle West, they, they sort of trap for you. They kind of do defend on one side of you, and one is kind of waiting on the other side, and they kind of almost push you into a cul de sac and then tackle you. Uh, and they're very good at it. And that's not done by accident, that's done through through, through quality coaching. Um, and, you know, commercials are still, you know, still a young team. I mean, the likes of Peter McGarry, as we mentioned, Rory O'Dowd, Johnny Kennedy, and they brought on Ty Sheehan, Joe Higgins, just out of minor football. And I remember the likes of Paul Dealey, Ty Condon, James Morris are in their second year. But like a lot of inexperience there, yes. You know, playing for all the first name players playing their first ever Munster club game. And you do learn as you go along and I'm sure it'll be easily pointed out on the video to say, look, against teams of, of, of this calibre and England will be the same but maybe better forwards than Newcastle West have. And, you know, you just cannot get isolated at the ball carrier because you will get turned over and, you know, the opposition will hurt you then on the break because, you know, as Newcastle West found for Peter McGarry's goal, you know, you're out of position and they'll exploit you. I've seen Seamus Kennedy play in the full-back position, but Lord above, he's really a natural central ba- centre-back, isn't he? He just mops up so much. Seamus is just an incredible, nice. incredible man. I mean, Ronan... I mean, I, I had no idea how the man is still going. I'll be quite honest with you. I mean, the night that commercials lost to Newcastle West last year, he got a phone call from me and Pal to go back training on the Tuesday. Okay. And remember, Seamus Kennedy played wing forward in the very first Watford Crystal game up in Nina against Clare on the 4th of January. And he played all through the league and all through the championship with Tip right up to the All-Ireland quarter-final. And then you talk about dual players. He's the main man with St Mary's, obviously, and he's the main captain and main man with commercials. I've no idea how the man is producing the quality of performance that he is. It's a huge testament to him and, you know, the condition and how he keeps himself and just his attitude. An amazing, amazing man, amazing player and, and a huge leader for that group. Yeah, and you, you referenced Peter McGarry's goal, but it was Seamus who did the block down, but not just block down the ball, won the ball and was able to offload it effectively. You know, he... It's, it's it was the passage of play that created the goal scoring opportunity. McGarry had a lot to do. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it was Seamus's defensive intervention, yeah. which I think. No, it, it was. It was. It was like you, you know that would have brought Newcastle West back to two points. You know, yeah. when the blink of an eye, at six points, and the game is over with eight minutes left. So it was a huge, a huge moment. But I mean, as you said, there were other moments where he just, he just reads the game and I kind of likened him to a kind of Virgil Van Dyke of Gaelic football. He just seems never seems to have to get out of third gear, you know, to, to just deal with stuff and everything is just done mm. kind of effortless. And uh, yeah, no, he's, he's been a huge captain and a huge plus and hopefully he can continue. And, you know, Tommy Morris, when they sit down, they have a decision to make now because obviously Dingle will come up with Paul Ganey at full forward. I mean, there's four Ganeys in the forward line. Uh, and, you know, out there in the county, county semi final against Mick Perry, they scored four points from marks. They look for the mark very, very early. So from midfield, they're looking to drive that ball in, and you've Conor Ganey and Paul Ganey inside underneath it. And they're very good, um, you know, in, in terms of winning their own team possession and filling the mark and then getting the free shot. So that's something commercials are going to have to prepare for. And obviously, that brings what position do you play in this Kennedy? And do you put him back on Paul Ganey at full back? You trust young James Morris, who's, you know, a really up and coming player, but at 19, 20 years of age, you know, against a man with whatever three or four All Ireland medals, and, you know, you're, uh, it's, it's a big act. So that's something I suppose that Mercer's management will have to think about over the next fortnight. Um, but look, it's, it's, 
Like they'd have given the right arm to beat Newcastle West last year because they would have put them in a, in a Munster Club final. They've done it this year, but obviously the Kerry champions are coming to town, and um, you know they're going to well the Kerry club champions, I should say, who haven't remember played since the 25th of October or something when they lost the county semi final, um, quite quite comprehensively actually to Kerry. So you know a five week gap they'll have to make up for. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Would you expect it to be in Thurles? Um, I mean, Tommy was a bit not committal there when he was talking to Paul. Yeah, you know, look, everyone involved with commercials would love that. Like all the games in Fanmail, it's just that if you get bad weather in the couple of days before the game, it's like Castlehaven. You know, they had all the plans going back ten years since they won the Cork Championship last. That they wanted to play the game down in the wrong place. They didn't stand, and then the weather forecast is poor Friday, Saturday, and no option. But at the last minute, the transfer to Corky Cueve. Um, I suspect commercials will just you know go for Turles and focus in on Turles. Uh, you know, Newcastle Reds last season, they have a very good record in Turles and um, I, I suspect it will be. And um, interesting to see um, Bingle obviously have, 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 as I mentioned, Paul Ganey and Tiraparado Ganey's in the forward and they also have Thomas Sullivan, the Gary cornerback who's been playing centre-back for them and of course, uh, Amanda Jack Kennedy will need no introduction to uh, Mark O'Connor. Now, Mark O'Connor got a red card Late on in the Kerry semi final, and obviously he's domiciled out in Australia playing us Aussie rules. But you know, those with a longer memory, you remember Mark O'Connor, Horizon um, Tip, in, a, in a, yeah, an All Ireland minor football final, yeah. and uh, when he came direct opponent of both Ross Peterson and Jack Kennedy, actually. So, um, Jack Kennedy probably need no motivation if Mark O'Connor is free to play. I haven't seen anything about whether he's sending off in the Kerry Championship carries into the Munster Club from a suspension perspective. I remember that Munster final that year. We played Kerry twice that year, and Kerry beat us in the Munster and the All Ireland final. And Conor Ganey was an outstanding performer in that Munster final. Now he never really kicked on and became the intercounty footballer I thought he would, but he's a hell of a club player, and he's one of four in that forward line. He is one of four guys, and tends to kind of play inside with um, with Paul Ganey as a two man inside forward, and as I said. Tactically, they seem to, to favour going in early and, and, and looking for the mark. You then also have mm. big Barry Dan O'Sullivan, who's been injured most of the year, another mid, midfielder of note on the Kerry, the Kerry seat, Kerry panel, senior panel scene. Uh, he's kind of coming back from injury, so you know, I'd expect him to, to see making an appearance at some stage. But look, no matter what Kerry team you play that come out of Kerry, you're going to have names on it, and it isn't the names that will beat you to beat performance on today. And uh, I know the commercials lads will be looking for maybe, you know, 60 minute performance. They probably haven't really produced it yet. No, this I year. think that's fair. I, I, and yeah, people would say to me during the week that they haven't really been tested. I kind of cited the game against Kilsheel in the first day out in the county championship, but mm. the kind of retort I would be getting was, yeah, but that was a game the commercials never looked like they were going to lose. Yeah, Kilsheel ran them close. So maybe yesterday was the first litmus test, knowing that there is bigger jumps to be jumped in a fortnight's time. Mm. Yeah, I, I think they got, I think my Rovers got a run on them in, in, in the second half of the county semi-final in Ardfinnan. Yeah, uh, but, did, fairness, did, but did commercials allow my Rovers to get a run on them? Yeah, they did, yeah, they did. They, they, when, when, you know, going back over it, I think my Rovers suffered a black card five or six minutes in the second half, and in that ten minutes, Bell commercial said, at least six wrong options for shooting, you know, fellas shooting off their left leg. Um, Michael Riley came all the way up and took on a pot shot, none of which converted, but all of them, which gave my Rovers, uh, you know, breeding uh, breeding life to come back to come back to, to attack them. But what I liked about commercials that day, and it got completely overlooked, was my Rovers got it back to three points with two minutes left of the clock and moment, plus all of injury time. 
never saw the ball again. Commercials managed to mine the ball for the remaining five or six minutes, uh, which was a very professional way to close out a game that you'd, you'd given away the momentum in. And that was good. And, and that's the other point I'd say about commercials as well. Even though they're not attack, attack, attack in those now 15, 20 minute spells, they're not really conceding. No, you know, fair. they're able to kind of, you know, it's kind of a stalemate. And, and in fairness, their old friends in Lockmore were brilliant at that. You know, if Lockmore could play, you know, could, could get 15, 20 minutes of a game that they're a point up, where nothing really happens and the game starts to slip, slip away. And in fairness to commercials, in, in the, over the year, in those periods where they're, they're, they're not on top, where they're not curling the scoreboard, actually been scored against, which is, you know, which, which you have to be able to do to some level as well. But um, look, yeah. I mean, of what's, of what's out there, Ronan, they, 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 they job done. They're into a monster semi-final. Um, Can I ask you one final question? Next, and uh, you know they'll they'll, um, they'll they'll go in there probably as slight outsiders, but yeah, not without a significant chance if they perform. Uh, a final question for you, Martin. It's a, a hugely hypothetical, but if you were the Dingle manager yesterday and you were driving back the road to West Kerry. What kind of strategy, or what did you see, or what weaknesses possibly would you have seen in the commercials' performance that you'd like to exploit the next day? I'm kind of half thinking, you know, about where, you know, you you, you talk about the mark, you talk about that inside backline that commercials have, which is young but effective. Um, where would you be looking to see where where there's an Achilles? I think Dingle will probably feel if Connor is available. And that they might be able to to hurt commercials in the air in the in the middle of the field, and I do think they'd also be confident enough that uh, you know that they, they can isolate the ball carrier. Commercials probably still have work to do in getting a support runner with every ball carrier, you know, for, for the for the pot pass to, to get past the first up tackle. And I would imagine they'd probably be saying that look, if you know a ball carrier coming over the halfway line, you can maybe corral him into in in in, in, in the zones. Dispossessed. So um, yeah, I'd say they'll be. They'll, oh, don't worry. They'll, yesterday won't have been the only time they'll have looked at commercials. You know, long three teams. They let their homework done, and uh, they'll, have, they'll have been targeting the set, that semi-finals, which comes up two weeks time from five weeks back, because they knew that once they were gone out of the championship, it was a mid mid carry East carry final, and they were playing in Munster. So uh, they've been targeting that for some time, and um, yeah, it'll be. Uh, It'll be it 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 it'll be game to look forward to, I'd imagine, Ronan, because yeah, I, I think, think so. it'll be Dingle won't be as I suppose and, and I don't mean the word negative in any bad sense. They, you know, they won't be as defensively minded as maybe Newcastle West will bring to the table. They'll they will you know, Kerry team isn't going to come up say a Tipperary team with the greatest respect and set up defensively. You know, it's just not in their DNA. They're going to come and they're gonna have a go and try and win the game and they'll be looking to put down a marker. I mean, you talk to Kerry men, Cork men, they're already talking about a Castle Haven single final because they're they're not that far away from each other geographically. And uh, you know, they're talking about where to be played and stuff. So um the masses must uh they'll have to earn the right when they go up to Turles in two weeks' time. Yeah, looking forward to it. I think it is going to be it certainly be a better game of football, I think, that we saw yesterday, but uh, there's a lot to like about both teams and if we just get some entertaining football uh, I think that will uh, that will satisfy a lot of people but um, yeah it's all to do it's a it's a something very much to whet the appetite Martin as always thanks for your time tonight we'll talk soon Cheers Ronan Take care it's Martin Quinn Levin joining us there with his thoughts on the game yesterday between commercials and Newcastle West our text number is 083 we'll take a quick, a quick commercial break and we'll have more football after this FM Sports Star of the Month Get your nominations in now 
Yeah, it's early in the month of November, but if you have seen anything that you think worthy of a nomination for the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month, just send in an email to sportsstar at tipfm.com. That's sportsstar at tipfm.com. That's in association with the Talbot Hotel in Clamel and John Quirk Jewellers in Care. Our text number is 083 Stephen Gleeson's on the line. How are you, Stephen? Evening, Ronan. Good, thanks. I'll come to the Grange Bokler game in a minute, but Sean Tracy's were the Tipperary representatives in the Junior Munster, the Junior A Munster Championship, and uh, they took on Kilmurray of Cork in Temple Tui. Yeah, that's right. Saturday afternoon, and uh, like they were up against a strong side now in Kilmurray. They're a very experienced outfit at that level of competition. They took on the Tipperary champions last year as well. That was Torla Sarsfield, and uh, they counted for Sarsfield in a close match last year. But uh, this time out, they got a run on the Tracys and they just you know they just got the early scores and Tracys just lost their grip on the game and all of a sudden when the game starts getting away from you like that it's hard to stay in touch because uh, Kilmurray just kind of grew in confidence and uh, they got an early goal there uh, from one of their key men in the forwards Lee Maul and another guy there uh, Warren as well I can't think of his first name Sean I think it was gosh I think it was 1-7 he hit and Wall hit 1-2 but the first goal that he got was just uh, an error at the back for Sean Tracy's and when that goal went in it was just a real tough one to take for them and they just found it hard going down the home straight to half time because Kilmurray just got a lot of scores in that maybe 10 minute patch and they went in you know clear leaders at the break I think it was 111 to 1-2 and from there Tracy's just found no way back in the match now they did keep going in fairness to them and they tagged on a couple of pints and you know they tried hard Parik O'Leary was good for them now at full forward and uh, Paddy Deegan got a goal as well there and they're a nice outfit running you know I mean they, they have a lot of players there that are playing for a good few years they lost two county junior finals and won it this year and they're a club making inroads at football and making you know a big say so it didn't go their way on Saturday but at the very same time you know they're pushing hard and you have to admire that and like they'll go up a grade now next year and I think they'll have a right go at the football they'll keep at it they're an honest team if you mm. know what I mean uh, I have a million dollar question for you and uh, it's probably a bit unfair but I'll ask it anyway if Sean Trey, if Kilmurray were in the Munster Junior A Championship last year, how come they're in it again this year that they didn't go up a grade? Yeah, I think there was a grading change in Cork ah, and uh, that just allowed them back in again. So uh, they're having another crack at it this year and I think they'll go close now this year. Uh, they were beaten in it last year but uh, like they've, they've a quality outfit there and the forwards are very sharp, you know, and Parik Brehanu came on. He was playing against Sarsfield last year, came on as a sub this time around in the second half, kicked a couple of points, set up a couple more, and, you know, they're, they're just building. They're a real quality, tidy outfit, and uh, I think they'll push on going forward in Cork football even. They had a big following there, and they were, you know, looking organised and looking well-prepared, and they're well up for a run in the championship in this. But in fairness to Tracy's, you know, like, it, it's tough, I suppose. They're a hurling club predominantly, but uh, they're really trying hard at football to make inroads, and they're competing really well. They had a couple of Temple Derry hurlers part of their set-up as well. I don't think there's a football team in Temple Derry, so they lined out with the Tracys. It will be a neighbouring parish there. And, uh, you know, White Kilmurray were just at a higher level 
I think it'll be a big learning curve for Sean Tracy's and it'll do him no harm play in the Munster Championship and get a taste for that and you know see what comes with a bit of success in Tipperary Yeah and just a quick word on um, Grange Mokler Bally Neil who took on um, Roan Moore of Waterford in the Intermediate Championship a disappointment because like you know maybe this is a bit shorthand of me but when a Tipperary football team takes on a Waterford football team maybe we should expect that the Tipperary teams prevails it was a three point win for Roan Moore yeah, three points in the end. I think it was 16 points to 3.10 in that one. And uh, like Grange Mokler, I suppose, will be disappointed that they just couldn't get a couple of goals in that match. They came close and had a lot of chances. But at the same time, you really have to just nail these chances when you get them, you know. Um, like they had a lot of chances in the Tipperary final and the replay as well. And we're just slow to, to, to make that jump to, to get there. So I think they've they're a good side, you know, they're a quality side, Grange yeah. Mokler, Ballyneath, but they're young, there's a lot of them, maybe 20, 21, 22, and I think, you know, they'll really benefit from having the likes of Tommy Toomey and Charlie McGeever in their backroom team there, and uh, I think they'll push on in the coming years. I hope they, you know, do well next year in senior football in Tipperary and just consolidate their position there and stay senior for a couple of years because I think they'll really grow from that. But uh, I agree with you. Uh, you know, you'd expect that a Tipperary team would be beating a Watford team on paper. But some, one more, some mitigation there. Some mitigation, I think, needs to go with this in, in favour of, of Grange Bokler Bally Neal. I mean, in the last two or three years, they've lost two county intermediate football finals. Uh, I think they've lost a county hurling final it was a mm. junior level, I think it was. And they also were taken to a replay in this year's County Intermediate football final. They'd be forgiven for thinking that they'd climbed Everest and that yeah. anything that came after it was just bonus territory. Absolutely. And I mean, like, uh, I was at uh, those matches, the commentary on uh, the junior hurling final last year for Tipperary GAA and Tip FM with a couple of the uh, intermediate finals going back along as well. And, like, it was heartbreak for them losing all those because they were pushing all the time. So it was a real, you know, release valve when they did win the county the last day. And I know they had great celebrations after that and they'd probably get back down again. But somewhere, I suppose, they just felt satisfied with what they had. But I'm sure that they'll all be really disappointed that they didn't push on in Munster. Ron Moore, strong too, though, Ron, and, you know, Billy Nolan, a Watford hurler, part of their set-up in the forwards there. He got a goal, I think, just after half-time, and that was a huge moment in the game. It just kind of swung it back in uh, the Watford side's favour when Grange Moker were pushing on in the game. And, uh, like, I think it, with them, it's, it's kind of a, a building process for Grange Mokdar Bally Neal and I think that they're a club that are doing everything right going forward and I hope that uh, they keep pushing on in that direction. I mean they're good enough to be playing uh, intermediate hurling in Tipperary as well you know it's amazing they're still a junior club because like they were excellent in the county junior A hurling final against Upper Church last year like they, they, they really played well in that and some quality hurlers there and I was amazed that they were knocked out in the South Championship um, this year. I thought that they would really push on in that. And I know that they had really difficult circumstances leading up to the matches in that where a number of players were away. And I think they could have gone really far into the Tipperary Junior Hurling Championship this year as well if they had got that run. Um, because they're a quality side, you know, yeah, that they're, they're really working hard. And that's the key thing, I think. There was a lot of correspondence in relation to the South Junior A uh, Hurling Championship this year. But... Uh, that's a, a scale for another day, I'm afraid. We wouldn't have time to, 
delve into all the nuances of that particular story. Um, yeah, the, the, the great guys, Ronan, they have, you know, oh, yeah, it's a great club. I mean, yeah, Super absolutely. John Lyons. Yeah. yeah. Listen, just before I let you go, there would be a, a school of thought that would suggest that as a county, when we get our county champions into Munster in both grades, hurling and football, with some notable exceptions, we haven't really performed at a level that we would hope to expect. Now, Killadangan are out next week against the Clare champions in the Munster Senior Hurling semi-final. We wish them the very, very best of luck. But, like, I wonder sometimes whether a county title in Tipperary is so sought after, so cherished, that the Munster Championship pales by comparison. Yeah, it's a fair point to make. I mean, if you look across the board, like Laura are out uh, this year of the Intermediate Hurling Championship. We had uh, the junior footballers and the intermediate footballers fall the weekend. Commercials are at a different stage in their thinking. You know, I mean, they won that Munster title was a 2015 yeah. and you still have, you know, the bones of that with Seamus Kennedy and Mikey Quinlivan and the backbone of that team is still there. And like they're ambitious in the sense that every year you get the feeling they're looking at Munster they've kind of that's in the back of their heads that they want to go on a run in that championship I don't think that's there with a lot of other teams in Tipperary I think it's just scraped to the top of the mountain and they get there and it's you know it's everything for them and uh, it it is something really that uh, Tipperary teams have underperformed to a huge degree across the last maybe 10 years or so there bar Boris the Lee maybe in which got to Ireland got to Ireland sorry yeah you have to go back to like Kiruan McDonough's back in 1986 Boris Lee 1987 that was the last time a Tipperary club side you know went that far in the championship and uh, like that that's a monumental distance back when you think of all the teams that have come and gone since quality sides too you know most notably the Turles Arsfield yeah. side there that did four or five in a row uh, in the last decade that was a quality team with Pawdy Roan and Lark Corbett was still there you know they they got one monster title I think was what they managed same with the tomb hurlers and uh, like it was great to see Clomad commercials win that in 2015 you know they'll be heading that way so it'll be interesting to see how the other Tipperary teams in championship action over the coming weeks go I think Saturday Ballina Hinch are playing in the junior hurling championship down in Parky Ring and down at that game and uh, Sunday then you have uh, Killadangan in action so there's a lot of games um, to go, I suppose, it's, it's year, also worth bearing in mind for our listeners that Killadangan, when they won the county final in 2020, I think it was against Lockmore Castellani, mm. there was no Munster Championship because of COVID. So not only did they win their county title behind closed doors with no, none of their supporters there, they couldn't then even progress. So I would imagine that this is not that this is the last chance saloon for this Killadangan team playing in the Munster Championship, but because they were denied that opportunity a few years ago, this is an opportunity I think they're going to grasp. Absolutely, Ronan, and it's a huge opportunity for them, you know, because they know how difficult it is to get out of Tipperary, the games they've lost over the last few years, to Sarsfield, to, you know, uh, Kilroy McDonough's last year. So for them, it is it is massive, and uh, Clanlair will be tough, but, uh, you know, they had the nice side of the draw on paper, because if you look at the other side, you're talking Ballygunner and a Pierce of Limerick, which are two sides that, you know, they're kind of like where Clanmel commercials are at in the football. They're looking at Munster titles, and to see where they can go from there. But, uh, so it's new territory for Kiladangan, but I'd say they'll hit the ground running next weekend, as will Ballina Hinch, you know, who'll be delighted to represent Tipperary in that junior championship. It didn't work out for them against Clonolty, but, uh, you know, they'll have a right go at it with Shane McGrath. I was going to say, I presume Mr McGrath is going to he take will, to the field. Yeah. 
he got injured, I think, in the uh, county final against Clonolty and just picked up uh, a knock in that. So hopefully he's fit to resume his position there around the half-back line for them uh, next uh, next weekend. I'm down at that one for doing commentary for Munster GA, and uh, like I'm looking forward to that. And it's great to see the tip teams in action, you know, because like you're pitting yourself up against the cream of Munster and uh, like. Limerick sides and uh, Ballygunner and Waterford have just taken things on to another level. So it was great to see commercials overcome a strong Newcastle West side too on Sunday there. And, and, and they, they play a lovely brand of football when they're running at the fences like that. they got two quality goals on Sunday, as good a goals as you'd see anywhere. And uh, it'll be a great match, I'm sure, against Dingle. And I'd imagine that'll be in Turles as well because that's their, you know, that's where they play most of their games in Tipperary. So, uh, like it is, there's a lot to be played for, but you made a very good point there that Tipperary teams haven't pushed on in the provincial championship. So hopefully the ones that are left will. Please God, Stephen, you're a busy man. Thanks for your exploits over the weekend. We'll talk to you next week, no doubt. Take care. Sound Ronan, thanks, thanks very indeed. much. Stephen Gleeson there with his thoughts on Sean Tracy's and Grange Mokler Ballyne. Let's take another commercial break. We've rugby after this. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clan Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. This Christmas. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clan Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. Yeah, you're welcome back. Our text number is 083 That also works for WhatsApp messages. And if you want to contact us on Twitter, our X handle is at Tip FM Sport, but text and WhatsApp messages probably easier. 083 Regular listeners to Extra Time will know that we try to give a little bit of oxygen to the AIL teams that are participating in the national competitions. Three Tipperary sides. Nina Ormond, Cashel and Clonmel all had successful weekends as well. The manager of the Clonmel Rugby Club First 15, uh, Joe Winston's on the line. Hi, Joe. Hi, you're on it. Finally, a, a home win under your belt. Not your first win of the season, but a home win. How important was that win over Oma Academicals? Oh, very important to us because we had to kind of, we have to start winning. And uh, we targeted this game. We knew that we, we were capable of it. Uh, but like most of the games, we, we feel that we're strong enough now this season that we can challenge. It's just, it's just not working for us at the moment. You started the season okay with a home defeat, but then went on the road. I, I can't remember off the top of my head who you beat on the road. Somewhere up we north, went up to Bangor. Bangor, that's 23-17 up there. Yeah, now it was the first half performance that obviously laid the foundations for this yeah. win because you, uh, I think you led, what, 28-7 at half time? Uh, I think it was uh, 27. Or not... Uh, 23, I think it was, at okay. half-time. Well, you had, well I suppose the point two, being yeah, you had a comfortable half-time lead. Yeah, and then they hit us with two quick tries. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, what's his name? Gilroy was playing for Bangor, ex-Irish international, ex-Ulster player as well, who you could see the class on him out there, but luckily enough, we were able to handle them on the day. Um, you tries from Ben Everard, Conor Hogan, Brian O'Dea, and Joseph O'Connor was kicking for you all day. Yeah, uh, Joseph was a great kicker. Uh, basically, get a kick, 
it's in range and give it to Joseph. I think he'll score 99% of the time for you. Um, we said, you know, how important that was. It puts you onto sixth in the league table. There's an yeah. awful lot of rugby to be played. It, the division you're in requires a phenomenal amount of cross-border travel, which oh, is yeah, a yeah. very, very expensive uh, drain on a small enough club's resources. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, this is where our sponsors have been very good to us. Um, and, you know, we're actively looking for sponsorship all the time, but the ones we have have been very, very good to us. Now, luckily enough, we'll have, uh, we have four long trips, overnight trips every season. It works out. And we'll, we'll after this coming weekend, we're going up to Ballinair. We'll have three out of the four out of the way, which uh, it'll be a help, you know. Well, maybe your treasurer will be a bit pleased to see the back of oh, that yeah. more so than else. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it is difficult because of the fact it's played on a 32-county basis and that requires yeah. overnighting. I mean, if you're going up to Ballinan, County Mayo or wherever, I mean, that is an overnight. Uh, you yeah, opened yeah. Clare Head, I think, last week. Clare Valley. Clare uh, Valley, sorry. Yeah, last Saturday week. And again, they'll be fairly close to Enniskillen and not too far away from Olmar as well. Mm. Uh and we did last season, we went up to play in Stonias, we went up the morning of the game, but we discovered that doesn't work. You have to go up the night yeah, before. Yeah, It's too long. Because otherwise you're getting up at half six in the morning, you're leaving at half seven. And, yeah, you know, you're basically traveling for six, seven hours uh, between stopping for a bite to eat and everything. So we know that doesn't work. In terms of your pack, I mean, you're still a young team, I think it's fair to say. We're young, we're young and we're not the biggest pack in the world either, but we're mostly able to hold our own there. Uh, now, as you say, we're, we're quite a young team. A lot of these lads are still at uni. Yeah, but and, my uh, point is front rows don't grow on trees. You've got to go and nurture yeah, them. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've probably got the smallest uh, front row in the, the division, but sometimes that can work in your favour because you can get underneath the bigger lads once you have the, the strength as well. Uh, so, as I say, we're not going to be pushing anybody around the pack, but very few teams will push us around. Yeah. We have uh, good technique in there. Who's next? Who's up next? Uh, up to Balmain, you told us that, yeah. Up to, yeah, uh, this weekend. So, they're uh, struggling towards the bottom of the league. So, hopefully, we can go up there like last season and win up there. Yeah, well, look, I wish you well. A bonus point win at home was important. Uh, yeah. In fairness to... Um, in fairness to all academics, they did come back at you in the second half, but you held on yeah. for that bonus point, denying them a bonus point as well. Just while I have you, yeah. Nina and Cashel are setting some pace up in Division 2. Oh, yeah. I mean, Nina yeah. leaders, they win, away win in Ballymena, and then Cashel yeah. in, remain in second place after their will against UL Bowes. And they're both looking very comfortable in their wins. They're, you know, they're, they are, yeah. Like you, you expect them to win now, so I think it's, it's going to be a two-horse race there between the two of them to see who wins the league as, you know, again as long as injuries stay away and things keep going relatively well for you so they should be you know in there come the end of the season Yeah, it's but again it proves the point that Tipperary is quite strong at rugby um, I've been saying this all along that everybody talked things of Cork and Limerick but I think you have to throw Tipperary in there now as well Well I think those those back to back games that Nina and Cashel will play uh, one in Lissatoni and the other one up in uh, in Sparfield 
those are the ones people need to get to because that will ultimately, I think, decide the outcome yeah, of yeah. That, that division. And uh, they're going to be really good Friday night light, under lights uh, games, yeah. which, are, which add a, their own atmosphere as well. Yeah, Joe, it's, it's good talking it. to you. I wish you well no on problem. your trip to Mayo next week and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks very much, Ron. Take, Take care. care. That's Joe Winston uh, of Clamell Rugby Club with his thoughts after Clamell had a, their first home win of the season with that victory over... Uh, Edinburgh Academicals on the scoreline of 37 points to 21. Cashel, as I said, are in, remain in second place after their 31 point to 7 win over UL Bowes, while Nina Ormond are the leaders in Division 2A after their 23 points to 7 win over Ballymena. Our text number is 083-311-3311. Barry Ryan's on the line to talk us through local football. How are you, Barry? How are you, Ronan? Uh, lots to talk about again, as there always is at this time of the year, and the uh, FAI Junior Cup takes centre stage, as it often does, and it was, uh, sorry, Munster Junior Cup, I do apologise, Munster Junior Cup this week. St. Michael's taking on Ferrybank. Now, Ferrybank are a very decent outfit from Waterford. I haven't seen them in recent years. I don't know if they're as strong as they used to be, but I don't think any Ferrybank team is weak. No, and look, we mentioned them actually on the show last week. This time last year, Ferrybank knocked the holders, Villa of Watford, out of the FAI Junior Cup. Um, very strong side and gave St. Michael's probably a decent test um, at the weekend, albeit St. Michael's probably always in control, but certainly kept them honest 1-0 until the very closing stages of the game when St. Michael's added a second goal to Ed Dwyer. But a tight game, and I think, that, I think St. Michael's will be pleased to get a bit of a test. Yeah, because it wasn't like, you know, you can win 6-7-0, you know, in these matches and you're not learning an awful lot other than the fact that your strikers are in form, but you're not learning much else. That kind of game against a tough Ferrybank side, as you say, you know, after Christmas they might look back on that and sort of say, what did we learn from that? Yeah, absolutely. And look, their squad was tested again. They started the game without Reese O'Regan and Russell Quirk, who I feel are integral of the, the way they want to play up top with the movement of the interchange of forwards of Jimmy going from the number nine over to the wing. Russell swapping coming in. Said they had that kind of movement this year. So without the two of them, um, it was a test. And then they lost DJ Cremins at half time, who was ill. And Paul Breen came on centre back for DJ. And then Paul Breen went off. So they had a couple of setbacks, but at the same time kept their clean sheet. So it was a real test to the squad and players that they have and I think that will please them as well um, you know how often have we said it they come out of these cup games it's always a clean sheet it's 1-0 yeah. or 2-0 yeah. they're very professional in the way they go about it uh, DJ Kremens has been playing so well but what a player to be able to bring off the bench in terms of uh, Paul Breen you know that needs no introduction to anyone who's followed football in this no and I can be sure very about 20 years yeah. Yeah, and I think you can be sure Ferrybank were disappointed seeing him coming on as well. Um, and the good news was when he went off, it wasn't the recurrence of his knee injury, so it was nothing too serious. Um, so he, because he will be integral to them in the weeks that are coming on. And even in the first half, St. Michael's looked very dangerous off set pieces. So I think everyone thought when they saw Paul Green coming on, that, you know, this is something now, he'll end up heading one of those home. But he will be, there's no doubt, he'll have a huge part to play in what's coming over the next few weeks. And they line up against Tremor in the FAI Junior Cup, which is going to be a very, very difficult game away from home. Yeah, let's uh, just talk about Peak Villa and the FAI. Now, they put six away on the road, six past Clodagh Rangers, a very emphatic win. Yeah, look, a very emphatic win. And, like, you know, it's a win everybody would have expected them to get. But sometimes when you're going away to North Tip like that, Clodagh would have, you know, felt like the lads are coming down from South Tip, a big team or whatever. You know, they're going to rally themselves and make life difficult now, you know, on a, maybe an awkward surface and stuff. they got a really professional performance. And, like, it's not 6-2 or 7-3. It's 6-0. It's a clean sheet away from home. It's organised. It's disciplined. Um, it's a really, really good result for them. I'm uh, getting ready for the bigger games that are going to come as well. Yeah, I suppose the tie of the round in the Munster Junior third round was Clamell Celtic Banch, a Celtic match. Now, it 
went all the distance to penalties and Bancha and Celtic ending 1-1 but Clamel Celtic winning 4-3 on penalties yeah, look, it lived up to the billing. I actually spoke to Marish while she was at the game and 19-year-old centre-back for Clamel Celtic, Jake Forrestal, had an overhead kick that Marish compared to Wayne Rooney's against Man City that clipped the crossbar in the last kick of the game. Uh, Marish's exact words are would have been good enough to win the Grand National. So, um, for a young player, 19-year-old, you know, and Marish has seen plenty of great goals and so on. So, um, apparently, it was absolutely worth the fiver at the gate from Jake Forrestal. Yeah, great to see, absolutely. And uh, elsewhere, I think that the... Um, the Premier League match between Boris and Wilderness Rovers was called off, but big win, I think, in Division 1 for V Rovers, getting 3-0 away win over in Green Lane against Oldbridge. Yeah, and for me, the standout in that was a clean sheet because they've been conceding too many goals. Someone might argue, but I think that's their first clean sheet in the league this season. They were putting themselves in a position all the time where they needed to score two goals to get a result or three goals to win a game. Um, and one thing about Oldbridge is they always score a goal and there's plenty of firepower there with Keith Gyrie, Michael O'Sullivan um, and, and others. So I think that, for me, was the standout that they've got a clean sheet there because even looking at Cashel, Cashel looked like the team to beat in that division. Yes. And Peak Villa have been at the top of the league and firing, scoring two or three goals per game and Cash will go up to Tarlis and win 3-0 clean sheets you know up there which is very impressive so if we could put a couple of clean sheets together and put some points on the board uh, it would be good to see if they could get in the mix for, for promotion they're probably leaving themselves a bit to do Yeah so far Listen uh, as always my thanks Barry for your thoughts on the TSL. Thanks Roland Not at all Barry Ryan with uh, local soccer there our text number is 083-311-3311 but before we go off air tonight uh, let's just reflect on the life and career and contribution to the GA of Feathers, Jimmy O'Shea and uh, let's just get a little bit more on the life of Jimmy O'Shea because I'm delighted to be joined by the chairman of Feathered GA Club, Tom Anglam. Good evening to you, Tom. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well, Tom. You might just give our listeners a, a flavour of Jimmy's contribution to the association over many, many years. Yeah, look, I mean, Jimmy's Jimmy's um, contribution to, to Feathered football is, would probably be unsurpassed, to be honest. Um, you know, if I was to go into all what Jimmy achieved in his career as a player and as a coach, I'd be here for the night, to be honest with you. But basically, if you could take it from, uh, he brought Feather to 10 county finals and won six of them. Uh, his first senior final with Feather was 78, 84, 88, 91, 97 and 2001. Um, you know, for, for a coach to be able to, to get that, you know, success uh, was, you know, it was unprecedented at the time, you know. Yeah, and it was a. These were glory days for Feather when they were uh, top of the roll of honour and 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 yeah. just there thereabouts every year. Yeah, look, they were, and be, you know, before that, you know, what they considered the famine in Feather, I suppose. Uh, back to before that was fifty-seven. Before they'd won a title, back to fifty-seven, and Jimmy came in. Then you know he was very successful as an under twenty-one coach with Feather. I think they won Southern County two or three years in a row. And then Jimmy, when he came to the end of his tenure, he played 23 years with Feathert and also played with Kalusty. Um, He took over. And Jimmy, you know, Jimmy has often been, uh, you know, associated with, you know, was very akin to the likes of the great Mikko DeWire. He took, he took the training aspect in the 70, you know, 78 when players probably weren't as fit as they are now. And, you know, brought, a, you know, a fierce, um, you know, a tough regime of, you know, kind of winter training and got lads very, very fit. Uh, you know, Jimmy was, you know, he was he was a fear coach, and he didn't um, he didn't, you know, he didn't, didn't suffer, suffer fools, bad players. As say, yeah. No, he didn't suffer bad players, and and, and he he the same. Look, you're only a junior player, you know. But it was 
you know, he was he was like that, but he was very fair and, and he was very modern as well in his in his approach, you know. So, uh, you know, he, he's a huge loss to to, to Feathert, and you know, even in the years afterwards, he, he was hugely involved with, you know, never missed the match and. You know, he, he took great delight in coming to all the matches, you know. Unfortunately, Tom, time has beaten us, Tom, but Ariyeshte okay. Gareva on him and to everyone and all the O'Shea family, we extend yeah. our deepest condolences on the passing of Jimmy O'Shea. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Not at all. Thanks, Tom. Uh, that's all we've time for. Eno Connor produced. We'll be back to you next Monday night. Good night and good luck. Come.